Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to a brand new episode of Kaiju Conversation. I'm your host, Elijah, and joining me, the editor of this lovely podcast, Rex. How are you doing tonight, Rex? Sure, I am doing good this uh, fine evening for you, afternoon for me. Yeah, this is totally not the fifth time we've recorded an introduction. <laughs> yeah. I, I by now we should be like experts at at these introductions, don't you agree? Yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is Godzilla month. It is the 66th birthday of the big G-man. Not referring to G-man on Twitter, but the actual Godzilla man himself. Japanese, Japan's favorite monster, to quote Steve Rifle. That's a good book. Yeah, I need to get it still. <laughs> I've read a little bit of it, like from previews, and it's really good. Mm-hmm. I, I looked into getting it uh, a few weeks ago, but it's it's hard to get at a good price. Yeah. And I still need to get I, Khaled's book. Oh, Khaled's book is so good. So good. And I, I need to get Galbraith's uh, Monsters Are Attacking Tokyo, his interview book. I haven't actually, I, I haven't actually heard of that one. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, we could talk about kaiju scholars for hours, but... Um, who are you? Uh, I am, unfortunately, not a kaiju scholar, but... I am Rex. Far from it. <laughs> <laughs> I am Rexino. Uh, and I, of course, I edit. I've edited two episodes of the Kaiju Conversation podcast. And What's I that? Oh, I don't know. It's this little obscure thing. I yeah, it kind of sounds kind of lame, not going to lie. Yeah. But I digress. I've edited a couple episodes for that. I'll be editing this episode. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I've been a kaiju fan for about since I was eight. My my first exposure to, like, tokusatsu was Power Rangers Samurai. And then uh, about, uh, I want to say a year later, is when I first saw Godzilla Final Wars and... Haven't looked back since. Now I've seen every Godzilla movie and I've been trying to see as many kaiju movies as I possibly can. Yeah. Now, one thing that I think everybody should know is whenever I started my journey through tokusatsu, Rex and Nathan from Monster Island Film Vault both (laughs) decided to follow in my footsteps. I would call it stealing my idea, but hey, they're being enlightened at this wonderful genre known as tokusatsu. Which, I mean, that's kind of the whole thing about the podcast is, well, now it is, it's my journey and other people's journeys through the wonderful, wonderful genre that the kaiju and tokusatsu genre is said genre a lot more than I should have. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's nice to, to have somebody 
that also is in the same boat as me when it comes to these films, both mm. in availability and in discovering them. <laughs> I, I think this episode will kind of actually show that availability isn't as big of an issue as it was a few years ago. Yeah. So I guess now that we, we've introduced you and, you know, if you don't know who I am, I'm Elijah. People call me ET2. I nice. host this podcast and do a bunch of other stuff. I don't think I've actually done... A, oh, go check out the Kaiju Groupie podcast episode 2 or 3. three Episode 3, A Kaiju Conversation. And that's all about me. That's all you need to know. So, there's that. Um, Some quick Kaiju Conversation news. I appeared on the newest episode of Kaiju Weekly as of this recording. It was episode 53. It was Terror of Mechagodzilla, and I was on with Nathan from the Monster Island Film Vault and Michael from Kaiju Groupie and Kaiju Weekly Podcast as we discussed the wonderful film that is Terror of Mechagodzilla. I also have a few announcements in there that are kind of exciting. So that's really all the Kaiju Conversation news that you may have missed. So the main topic for this wonderful day, this day in November, this Godzilla month, is something I think a lot of people take for granted. And that is the Kaiju films of the 2010s. Now, if we included TV shows, we would be here all night, and (laughs) we would probably talk all night, and it would not get stale. (laughs) But we have decided to just... What was that? Until I edit it. Oh, yeah, and then it would be, instead of seven and a half hours, it'd be seven hours. And then we would be a true podcast. (laughs) But uh, I think, or what what we've decided is we'll slightly touch on a few shows, mainly Ultraman, but we we do acknowledge that TV shows are a huge part of tokusatsu and kaiju films in general. And we're also skipping over a lot of great tokusatsu films that Mm. aren't kaiju so maybe down the road we can do something along the lines of that now you might be wondering why are we talking about this when it's godzilla month keep in mind even though godzilla was the third of its type when it comes to tokusatsu from japan the first two being rainbow man and invisible man appears Hmm. godzilla was the beginning of kaiju And celebrating Godzilla's birthday also means celebrating 66 years of kaiju films from Japan. Now, if we want to get technical, we would be celebrating, this would be, so 1949, 59, 69, 79, 89, 99, 09, 19. We would be celebrating 71 years of tokusatsu from Japan. At least like this, I mean, there's also the King Kong uh, shorts from the 30s that are lost, but like big motion pictures. 70, mm. 71 years. That's amazing. But we're not here to talk about 71 years. We're here to talk about 66 years. Yes. 
now we're we're only doing 2010 to 2019. So hmm. sorry, Conga TNT. Sorry, Great Sushi, uh, Seafood Wars. Sorry, Ultraman Taiga. Sorry, Godzilla vs. Kong. You're not included. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they don't be part of the fun. They're not cool enough. Exactly. So many people have dubbed the 2010s as the renaissance of kaiju films. Now, mm. I would disagree with that because kaiju has never really died in Japan. It's just it's starting to be noticed here in America anymore. Hmm. But I guess let's go ahead and since American films are all the rage these days, why don't we start off with some American kaiju films that hmm. have came out? Hmm. So Rex, what are some highlights of yours that are American kaiju films? Well, for me, probably my personal favorite of the American kaiju films would have to be Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and as well as that, the first Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. Those are both movies that I absolutely love and can basically watch whenever I feel like it. Mm-hmm. I also really like Kong Skull Island. And yeah, they're just really entertaining films uh, that uh, just happens to be kaiju films made by America. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, out of curiosity, out of these films I'm about to list off, what mm-hmm. have you seen? And these are kind of like the B-rate ones. Atlantic yeah. Rim. The Atlantic Rim sequel. Monster Island. The Meg. Jack the Giant Slayer. Have you, oh, and Notzilla. Have you heard of any of those? Uh, the only one that I have not heard of is Jack the Giant Slayer. Well, that is also an asylum film with giant cows, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> The, I, I've only ever seen two Asylum films being Age of the Dinosaurs and uh, Triassic World. Hmm. Both of I've which actually... are technically Jurassic Park ripoffs because Age of Dinosaurs came out when the original when Jurassic Park 4 was originally like announced to be coming out before that was cancelled and Jurassic World happened. Huh. Interesting. I, I didn't know that. Now, out of curiosity, so I just listed off a bunch of films, and they all have one thing in common being the production company. Hmm. Do you Would you classify Asylum films as the... as the... I, what would you classify that as? Roger, Roger Corman of kaiju I was films. That's say Roger Corman. Well, not really Roger Corman of kaiju films. More Asylum. The Asylum is more like just their films are more the Roger Corman films of the modern era, really. Right. Now, do you find it interesting that Asylum does do quite a few kaiju films compared to other companies? Uh... I mean, it's always good to know that kaiju films are coming out from 
not just like the big Hollywood companies. Like mm-hmm. even is the asylum of all companies. It is still nice to know that smaller American companies have some interest in doing kaiju films, even if they're not necessarily good movies. Right, right. Now, do you think it's also hurting the reputation of kaiju films, out of curiosity? Um, I'm gonna... That's a bit hard to say, because... Do you want me to start? Um, I'll just... Let me just finish this first, and then I'll let you go on that. Okay. Do you think it discredits kaiju films slightly? Not really, because when you look at... When people talk about kaiju films and American kaiju films, you rarely hear them talk about the asylum movies like Monster Island. You might hear Atlantic Rim, but even then it's not very common. And I think I think that's asylum movies discrediting other genres is more of an issue with uh, the genre of dinosaur movies rather than kaiju movies. Hmm. Interesting. I, I, I didn't actually think about that, the dinosaur movie genre. Yeah, because it's not necessarily entirely the asylum, because, I mean, Roger Coleman's Carnosaur movies are obviously a part of this too, but outside of Jurassic, like, outside of Jurassic Park, there are basically two type, main types of dinosaur movies. Technically free, if you want to count, like, the documentary-style walking dinosaur stuff. But where which is horror or kid stuff, but mm-hmm. I digress. This is about kaiju, not about dinosaur movies, <laughs> right? And just real quick, I think we can both agree Asylum's biggest venture is shark movies, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Which we've got a shark, shark movie, movie. Hmm. yeah, but uh. So, do you think because of how underground Asylum films are, they don't hurt the genre, but they're not adding anything to it? Would you say that? Uh, more or less, yeah. I wouldn't quite call uh, the Asylum completely underground because right. how many people? Because a lot of people are at least aware of some of the ripoff movies, like in the ones you listed, Atlantic Rim is somewhat well-known. Mm-hmm. Though I do find it interesting that they actually retitled it from Atlantic Rim to... I'm trying to remember, because it's on my DVD. I, I'm trying to remember what they retitled it. It was like Underneath the Sea or something. Mm. So I do find that kind of interesting that they ended up just trying to separate it from the Pacific Rim films. Hmm. So, we've discussed briefly here, we've discussed the Asylum films, and looking at it, uh, I've got a list in front of me, I'm noticing another huge, huge uh, thing in common with all these films, or most of them. Warner Brothers. 
the other films on the list are Pacific Rim, Pacific Rim Uprising, Rampage, The Meg, Godzilla, Godzilla King of the Monsters, Kong Skull Island, and The Great Wall, along with Power Rangers, Cloverfield Paradox, mm-hmm. and Notzilla. Now, hmm. some of those were Universal, some of those were Paramount, some of those were Lionsgate, some of those were Independent. Yeah. But a great number of those was Warner Brothers. Yeah. Do you think Warner Brothers is trying to invest in the kaiju genre a bit more than most companies? Hmm. I, I would say it started with Pacific Rim, of course, and then mm-hmm. it start, I'd say it actually started with Pacific Rim and Godzilla since they had the rights to Godzilla before Pacific Rim was released. I don't know when Pacific Rim's production started, but definitely before it released. Mm-hmm. Godzilla 2014 and Pacific Rim sort of gave the kaiju genre the kickstarter in America that it was sort of waiting for. Mm-hmm. The, the type that movies like Cloverfield didn't quite do. Right. That makes sense. Yes. Cloverfield really alienated its audience, I think, when mm. it came to its found footage aspect. Hmm. Not saying I dislike that movie, I actually quite enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's a fun film. I just I do think it does alienate itself from its audiences a bit. Hmm. Looking at this list, the other films that aren't Warner Brothers are Pacific Rim Uprising, Notzilla, Power Rangers, The Cloverfield Paradox, and The Great Wall. Or did I already say The Great Wall? Uh, I think you might have. Either way, that's what we've got. Uprising was... So, Uprising was technically uh, Warner Bros. Uprising was going to be Warner Brothers, but then they moved it to Universal, and Universal just... Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry, I... Oh, yeah. Yeah, Interesting thing to know. I completely... (laughs) Completely forgot about that. Interesting thing to note, it's thanks to Jurassic World that that happened, because Legendary worked with Universal... And yeah. they really liked it there, so they moved a three-picture deal with Universal. And in that, they uh, they started production on King Kong. Hmm. They moved Pacific Rim 2, and then they did The Great Wall. They also did uh, Krampus I and... The Jurassic World sequel, along with the upcoming third one. Hmm. Now, during I think so, they did they did Jurassic World and Krampus, and both of those were successful. Krampus had a little effect on a certain film that Legendary may have been involved in later on. (laughs) I mean. Here's something else to keep in mind. Legendary's been working with Michael Doherty since 2007. I think that's when Trick or Treat came out. I think it was 2007 or 2008. 
Yeah, because Trick or Treat was done by Warner Brothers and Legendary. So, mm-hmm. Michael Doherty has a lot of good friends with oh, Legendary and Warner Brothers. 2009. 2009? Okay. Yeah. We were off by a bit, but it was it was that kind of later 2000s. Yeah. And, you know, so going back to Universal, so Legendary moved, I believe it was Pacific Rim 2 and The Great Wall over to uh, Mm. Warner Brothers. Now, The Great Wall got nominated for an Oscar, but it failed at the box office. Hmm. And then in 2016, around the time Great Wall came out, there was a huge issue between Legendary and Warner Brothers. Now, they already had the three-picture deal for Jurassic World. Now, I could, get, I could be missing getting this all wrong, but this is what I've been told. So, they, you know, they, they decided to continue working on the Jurassic films because they they've been successful. But Legendary decided, okay, we're going to take our Kong movie and we're moving it to Mm. Warner Brothers. And that was the big, like, okay, we don't like you anymore. So Universal and Legendary now have a bit of a rift there, but they, they stuck it out and they did Pacific Rim Uprising and that failed miserably. And... Now we're seeing a movement with Trick or Treat 2 uh, and Godzilla. So it doesn't seem like the legendary partnership with Universal is going to last, to be honest. I think Jurassic Jurassic. World 3 is going to be the last one. And then, I mean, I I could be remembering this wrong, but I remember seeing something on Jurassic Outpost about... uh, Legendary possibly not being involved in Jurassic World 3. I could be wrong. I could be misremembering that, but I don't know. I I think at one point there were talks, because I do remember something about them in Jurassic Park, but mm. I don't think that... I think they were able to go and, you know, kind of sort things out. And they were attached to Jurassic World 3. But I could be wrong. Hmm. I'm going to give it a quick Google. Okay, yeah. uh, In 2018, it said Legendary may not be attached. But, oh. So, after doing a little bit of digging... Hmm. Legendary is not attached. So, okay. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking on the poster, Emblem, and mm. Universal. So, yeah, it looks like Universal and Legendary cut ties. So, mm. that must have been a six-picture deal, being Krampus, Jurassic World, Great Wall, Pacific Rim Uprising... Jurassic World 2, and... Oh, that's it. So it, it might have been a five-picture deal. That's probably what it was. Hmm. And, yeah, so... 
Universal and Legendary have had kind of a breaking off, and some of these films might actually, it you know, be in limbo. I think Pacific Rim Uprising might be in a bit of limbo, simply because of the Warner Brothers film. We'll never get a double pack, which kind of saddens me. Hmm. Love film distribution. (laughs) (laughs) So, here we've got two major companies, so Legendary, or not Legendary, Warner Brothers and Universal. Both of them have been pretty, pretty big when it comes to distributing kaiju films in general. And then we've got Natsula, an indie film. Though, did that come out last year? Or that, that seems... Uh, I feel uh, like it was this year. I think it was shown... I think it got its official, like, Blu-ray release this year, but it was shown off at, like, events and... like. That's G- right. That's yeah. right. There was a showing at G-Fest. 2018 or 2019, I think. It was 2019. I remember I got a flyer as the guy walking around saying, Nodzilla! What? Come see Notzilla. Uh, monster drinks beer and grows big. Come see Notzilla. Adults only. Because they were offering... It, it was like, to get in, you also got a beer. So, <clears throat> they they weren't willing to not work around that. <laughs> but, so we had Notzilla, which I have not seen yet. Have you seen it? Uh, no. I, it's been on my watch list. I know it's on Amazon Prime and Tubi, but I just, like Super Inframan, I just haven't gotten the time to watch it. Right. And so I, I, I don't have much really to comment there. And then we've got Power Rangers and we've got Cloverfield Paradox, kind of our outliers here. I've honestly seen over of them because... Cloverfield, I've only seen the first Cloverfield. I'd like mm-hmm. to see the other two, even though I hear Paradox quite bad. But I'd still like to... I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed Paradox. I've seen the ending scene with the monster. Yeah, that's, that's the only reason it's on the list. <laughs> and you haven't seen Power Rangers, right? Right. The only Power Rangers I've ever seen was uh, Samurai and Super Samurai. Mm, okay. But that's TV so, show. That's right. <laughs> so that's really all we've got when it comes to movies. Hmm. Do you think we have had a decline in quality when it comes to kaiju films? Hmm. I would say... There's, I think it's a small volume of, like compared to, compared to what we've gotten from countries like Japan, there's a much smaller volume to sort of compare. Mm-hmm. From what I've seen, uh, there's also Rampage, which we haven't mentioned. Oh, I forgot about Rampage. I always forget about Rampage. <laughs> I have to be reminded it exists. <laughs> That's not good. (laughs) Yeah, I think that says a lot about my opinion on that film. (laughs) But uh, in all seriousness, seriousness, I think that 
the this era itself for American kaiju films has been at worst decent mm-hmm. and that's pretty good. Like I would say that the Godzilla and King Kong stuff we've gotten as well as the first Pacific Rim has been all around pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Some people would contend the both Godzilla movies, but I digress. <laughs> uh, movies like Rampage and The Meg, I've seen. I think they're okay at best, but I don't. I don't really care much for them. They're just very. I the way I'd put it is just so American blockbuster. Yeah, I mean, they're not supposed to be, like, well-thought-through kind of yeah dramas or anything. They are supposed to be these big, fun, loud, exciting, you know, yeah. just destruction porn, pretty much. Hmm. And it, they could be better, don't get me wrong, but I don't... I, I enjoyed them for what they were. Rampage and The Meg, I found, I didn't dislike them. What they were enjoyable for what they are, but I, but it's not some. They're not movies where I see myself actively wanting to rewatch them. Sure, I might get Rampage on DVD or Blu-ray someday, but I'm in no hurry whatsoever to rewatch that. So. Right, and to be honest, uh, Travis from Kaiju Weekly has also echoed this. It's kind of annoying seeing The Rock in all these movies. Like, Mm. uh, eventually it's like, okay, we get it, he's The Rock. But he does have charisma, so I can understand why. It's just like, oh, okay, another one of these movies. Mm. He, he He did fine in Rampage. I'm just... Not an actor that, like, I particularly care much for. Mm-hmm. Not bad, it's just I don't care much for his movies, particularly. Right. Now, you know, we've been just talking here for almost 20 minutes about American films, and we can probably go another 20 on Japanese. Before we do that, hmm. why don't we talk about the two films that at least I could find, you know, list off that were not American and not Japanese. Mm. So we've got Colossal and we've got Troll Hunter. Mm. Have you seen either of these? Unfortunately, I have not. I've heard good things about both movies. And I intend on watching them, but unfortunately, I haven't seen them. And you're, if you've seen them, you're probably going to have to lead a bit of a conversation about them. Well, um, Colossal and Troll Hunter looks interesting. That's about all I can say. <laughs> uh, I've not seen either of these. I do want to watch Colossal soon. Uh, especially mm. whenever yeah. I I get on my foreign tokusatsu journey, which I'm slowly mm. getting into that currently with Super Interman. Mm. But mm. 
it I I haven't seen either of these it sounds like uh at least Colossal is a good movie from what yeah. I've heard. I hear Colossal's quite quite great even. Mm-hmm. I've heard it as a highlight of the twenty tens when it comes to kaiju. Hmm. Troll Hunter I also hear is good. But I Yeah, I I've heard a lot about that. I haven't heard as much about Troll Hunter personally. Mm-hmm. But I have seen a couple clips. I think both are good from what I've heard. It's just I think mm. Colossal gets a lot more reputation since it, it was kind of an American production, but it was it's like America was caught in between because it was mm. it was Canada and it was Mexico. So they were the ones that made it and America was just kind of in the middle. Yeah. So, unfortunately, we can't talk too much about those. Maybe in the future, whenever I get to those, I can talk about them a little more. So we can have a good balance of foreign tokusatsu on here. But it appears the best way to go now is Japan. Japan. Nihon. Okay. So... Let's start with, uh, let's see, what should we start with? Because we've got Godzilla, we've got Ultraman, we've got, we've got a lot of stuff here. Hmm. Do you want to start with kind of the one-off films, like short films and, you know, indie, indie films? Uh, sure. We, I, I think okay. we go from them and then go on to Ultraman and finish off with Godzilla. Okay. So, let's just start with the best one on this list, even though I don't think we've even watched it, but we're just going to say it. Howl from Beyond the Fog. (laughs) That look. Howl from Beyond the Fog looks incredible, and I cannot wait to get my Blu-ray from SRS. Likewise, I, that is, here's what I really love about it. So, technically speaking, the Heisei era started in 1989. Hmm. It started with Gunhead. And we're ending on a film that instead of taking us to a modern era without tokusatsu, it is the most tokusatsu you can get. Like, you cannot get any deeper than hmm. Howl, because it is all tokusatsu. None of it is practical, or none of it is real. It is all special. Yeah. And I love that aspect. I, I think I think that's what one of its biggest strengths is. Instead of ignoring the past, it embraces it so much. Hmm. Yeah, no, I... I, um... I discovered its existence la like near the tail end of last year um, from from a YouTube video talking about uh, the preview that was played at G Fest and the footage shown from the movie it, from the short film it it's 
just for an independent film, it looks very, very high quality. Mm -hmm. The people behind this truly have mastered their craft. Yeah. I mean, we've got goddamn Keizo Murase working on it. Yeah. And just everything about this film, I think this was the way to end the Heisei era. Hmm. It, it was even, I would argue it's better than the Showa era, and I love Showa era because hmm. the film that ended Showa was Ultraman The Adventure Begins, hmm. which is extremely far away from Tokusatsu because it's an animated film. Yeah. So it was nice to see this era end with this instead of the CGI fest. Yeah, I can agree with that. But we'll keep that's that's all we'll say because I imagine I'm gonna probably fast pace Howl from Beyond the Fog to be included very mm -hmm. soon because I'm gonna watch it as soon as I can. Oh, I, I, when I get my package for Conga TNT and Howl, the first one I'm watching is Howl. <laughs> So, so maybe I'll appreciate it more if I watch Conga TNT first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Even though I I enjoy Conga TNT, it was it was something special. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how it happened, but it it did. Yeah. Uh, what what a way for Canada to make another film. Yeah, hmm. real quick, let me just throw this out there. From what I can find, here is Canada's kaiju films. Yeti, Giant of the 20th Century, mm -hmm. Colossal, and Conga Tinti. That's it. They have a thing for apes and people that are grabbed or controlled by apes or giant creatures. But I also have to point out, Conga TNT, I think, is the first 100% original Canadian production. Because huh. Yeti was with Italy, and Colossal was with Mexico. Yeti being with Italy, I never actually realized that, but that actually makes a lot of sense. It was filmed in Canada, but it was with the Cana uh, Italian cast, I believe. It's like that the would, Manster. That would make a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> and may I just point out, all three of those have Blu-ray releases in HD. Hmm. I need to get Yeti. I do too. I, I have the DVD, but I need to get the Blu-ray. I haven't seen it, but it, it sounds like one of those movies that I just... I've got to say To quote it. Travis, it's a porno without porn. <laughs> so, Yeti's a trip. Trust hmm. us. <laughs> so, anyway, with now we're we're going back to the 70s now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is sort of a celebration for all of Tokusatsu, just mainly focusing yeah. in on a certain deck. So. Yeah. But, so, anyway, outside of Howl from Beyond the Fog, we've got Raiga versus Oga. Oh, is it Oga, or is it Oga? 
Oga? Yeah, okay. I think that's how I pronounce it. And then we've got Great Buddha Arrival, Kaiju Mono, Death Kappa. So, have you seen any of those indie films? Um, I've not seen Raiga vs. Ogre, though I've heard uh, many things about it. Um, mm -hmm. In terms of like indie or short films that I've seen, I have seen a giant god warrior appears in Tokyo. Also mm -hmm. seen the movie it's based uh it's uh, based on uh, what's it based on? Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, which was Is that an anime? Yeah, it was Hayao Miyazaki's first film, a uh, first directed film at least. And yeah, anime. Ah, that's why I haven't heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, very famous being a Ghibli film, so uh, Ghibli, yes. <laughs> uh, and I've also, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but there's this one short film I've seen called Kaiju Bunraku, I think. Mm-hmm. What's it about? Uh, similar to, uh, um, similar to how it was mostly about, it was mostly done with puppets. Mm -hmm. And because that's what Bunraku is, it's a type of puppetry. Oh. But uh, it was basically, it's basically an un, it's an unofficial indie uh, short Mothra movie, if I remember correctly. Really, I don't remember if you actually see much, if anything, of Mothra. There might have also been a god. I think there was also a Godzilla and Ghidorah reference in it, but I could be wrong. It has been a while since I've seen it, but it was just, it was a little uh, nice short. I, I apologize that I really don't remember much about it. You're fit. You're good. You know, speaking of uh, Giant God Warrior appears in Tokyo, uh, that and Day of the Kaiju, both films that inspired Shin Godzilla, I have seen. And... <clears throat> If I'm gonna be honest, after after watching them, mm -hmm. I kind of lost respect for Shin because I didn't realize how much Shin literally took from indie films. I mean, Shin. I I don't know about Dev Kaiju, but Shin was one uh, the atomic breath scene in Shin pretty much takes yeah. what Arno and. Uh, Ano and Higuchi had done with uh, God Warrior, God Warrior, and just adapts it with uh, more higher budget effects. Really, mm -hmm. yeah. Even though I think it looks better in God Warrior, to be I, honest, I think certain parts of it look better in God Warrior, and certain parts of it look better in Shin. See, I the creatures I think look more real in God Warrior. I, mm, I really I, like God Warrior. And I don't mm -hmm. like Anna. Yeah, so, no. I know you don't so, like so, <laughs> I, I I liked God Warrior a lot. I, I like there was nothing I could say bad about the film. I thought it was really hmm. good. Hmm. But that being said, I'm, it made me think, oh, Shin Godzilla is because basically the entire destruction sequence in Shin Godzilla is a copy paste from God Warrior's eight minutes. Hmm. But it's 
you know, I, I didn't care for it too much. In Day of the Kaiju, it's actually available on YouTube. Really? It's about 30 minutes long. And it's it's about a giant monster that is washed up on shore. And yeah. it's about the government dealing with it. And mm. that's all it is. It's the government, how they're dealing with, you know, keeping this carcass under quarantine and where to put it and whether or not it's actually dead or not. Hmm. And it, it's basic. So basically, if you take the destruction and the metaphors and, you know, the religious me- messages from God Warrior and the plot of Day of the Kaiju, you basically get Shin Godzilla. And that hmm. kind of really turned it off for me because it's like. I, I I would rather see big productions of like God Warrior or Day of the Kaiju than Shin. Mm. I'm really hating on Shin Godzilla right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. Well, I think it stinks. Oof. You're just wrong. <laughs> so, outside of those, have you seen Jellyfish Eyes, God of Clay, Death Kappa, Kaiju no. Mono? Unfortunately, I haven't. I probably the one I'm out of those I, that I most the ones I haven't seen that I'm most familiar with would be God Rider vs King Ogre and Death Kappa. Mm-hmm. But those are also decently well publicized in the fandom. Mm-hmm. Even to a to a degree, even on the casual side of fandom of the fandom on like YouTube and things like that. So, right. I I will say this. I haven't seen Raiga versus Ogre or Oga. However, mm. I have heard people complain about Rigo more so than Raiga, mm. but I preferred Rigo. And mm. I'm willing to give Raiga versus Oga the benefit of the doubt that it's actually good. Mm. I am I am both ironically and unironically excited to watch God Raga vs. King Ogre. I think it'll be good. I think I think there'll be something there will be something I will enjoy in it. Right. Uh Death Kappa, I just watched it for the first time a few months ago. Mm. It's some movie. <laughs> um sure. You know how I said Conga TNT is a ride. Something interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take that and like times it by a hundred for Death Kappa. Yeah. And then it's got Ano in it. It does have Ano. It's got Higuchi too. Yeah, I know. And there's a Godzilla reference. And I. Okay, I'll actually bring that up at the end of this. Um, so, yeah, there's, it's, it's, uh, nope. Yeah, it's, it's a thing. <laughs> sounds, that description sounds like it's a very, very not so, not It's a wild film, man. Hmm. Oh, it, it's, it's wild, man, trust me. Hmm. You haven't lived until you see Kappa. Yeah. Dancing. Oh, believe me, I intend on watching Death Kappa. Good. <laughs> you know what is a shame, though? It's a shame that we can't talk about, can't really talk about Gehara since it's 2009. Yeah. 
And it's a shame that SRS Cinema couldn't get it because they were going to, and nobody knows who owns it. Mm-hmm. But very unfortunate. I digress. Um, other films we have are The God of Clay. It's a short film. Jellyfish mm-hmm. Eyes, which I actually just bought. Bravestorm, a remake of uh, Super Robot Red Baron. Uh, I mentioned Great Buddha Arrival, which hopefully that'll get a release soon here I, in America. I, or, I probably will. I I think SRS will pick it up. It's just a matter of when will they. Probably. And then Is Kaiju it? Mono, and hmm. I've got one other one that's not listed here that I want to talk about for a good moment before we get into the big productions. Hmm. So I think, you know, we've spent the last, like, 20 minutes talking about Howl from Beyond the Fog, Raiga vs. Ogre, Giant God Warrior, Day of the Kaiju, Death Captain, kind of glossing over the others. But there is a kaiju film that is from 2019 that I can say is my second favorite film of 2019, Beating Parasite. I know what this is. (laughs) <laughs> it is the masterpiece that is Rex, what do you think? Attack of the Giant Giant Teacher. <laughs> I love that movie. I think it is one of the best films of the late twenty tens. I love that movie. It's, hmm. Have you watched it yet? I sadly have not been able to. Oh my god. But you need to watch it. It's so I, good. I need to I I need to purchase the Rago and Raga movies, Pack of the Giant Teacher and Norman England's The Idol from SRS. And the Flying Monster coming up. Yeah. So excited for that. <laughs> Same. But I really want to focus on <laughs> Attack of the Giant Teacher. So <laughs> it, I might have a bias, and here's why. Hmm. Its worldwide premiere was at G-Fest 2019. And I figured, you know, might as well go. It's a premiere. Let's Let's see what this Attack of the Giant Teacher is. It's probably going to be a stupid short film. But I was wrong. And the, Okay, so I sat right next to J.D. Lee's while watching it. That's not the best thing to say, but just, you know, I can say, yeah, I sat by J.D. as I watched the movie that I think is my favorite. <laughs> so, just throwing that out there. And <laughs> let me just find... Um, something real quick here, just so I can... Okay. So the director of this film... What was that? Watching on the Australian who can't fly to America. <laughs> so, just... I, I, I want to make sure I get this right. Mm-hmm. Yoshikazu Ishii was the director, and uh, I, I was actually pointed that he had a Twitter. So I followed him. And I, because I love Attack of the Giant Teacher so much, I posted about it so much 
and I hmm. praised it so much. And like every time he would post, I would like and retweet it. And because I'm obsessed with it, honestly, I love that movie with a passion. Hmm. And then one day I was checking Twitter and I had some notifications, and he followed me. And I I can I remember like my day was like made because here a director of one of my favorite movies of the last like three years just followed me and it was so awesome i'm really nerding out here but anyway attack of the giant teacher is full of passion it's full of desire it knows what it is but it doesn't let that ruin it i i love the passion that's put into it i've heard people say it's it's bad, it's not good. Hmm. But I think, as an indie film, it's great. It, it, it warms my heart to watch. Especially because hmm. during the panel, uh, he came out on stage with the alien puppet. And he said the reason he made the film was because he wanted to appease the people that came to form because he worked on Godzilla Final Wars I think it was really I, I think it was that one I know he worked on a Godzilla film as a special effects uh, supervisor of some sort I think or he worked on Ultraman Ginga and Ultraman Ginga S huh. and it... what was that of a topic later? Maybe, maybe <laughs> not. We'll find out. <laughs> but it, he, he mentioned how the people that he worked under, he wanted to try and return to that sense of feeling. So not everything's perfect. There, it, it's clearly miniatures, but it didn't stop him. And he put together a great movie. And I, I remember, because when we watched it, like, people clapped for, like, three minutes. Just clapping. And one of the questions was, do you plan on releasing this in the States? And he said, at this time, we don't think we can get a distributor. We would gladly do it if we could, but there's no plans currently. And when SRS published they're putting out Attack of the Giant Teacher, my my joy from that was so high because Attack of the Giant Teacher has a Blu-ray release and a film like a Submersion of Japan does not in America. Hmm. Like films it has a better release than some of the Godzilla movies <laughs> I love that some of them that's not much for competition unfortunately <laughs> but it's it's so awesome to see this you know a film like Attack of the Giant Teacher be given a Blu-ray release yeah. as it came out yeah 
And I do want to talk about that here in a bit, but enough yeah. of me rambling on about Attack of the Giant Teacher. What else came out in the 2010s, Rex? You know, we've, we've talked about all these, these indie films, but I feel like we're missing some big guys, but I can't, I can't think about it. Hmm. Well, uh, recently, a little company called uh, Mill Creek started uh, distributing uh, a little, little obscure franchise called uh, Ultraman. Oh, that's right. There's, there's some Ultraman movies Yeah, uh, from the, from the 2010s. 2010s. Yeah. Which have been released. A couple, not quite. Yeah. So, Rex, I am watching chronologically, so I know nothing about any Hmm. Ultraman movie. I own most of the ones they've released, but I don't know anything. Hmm. What can you say about Ultraman Orb, the movie, Ultraman Geed, the movie, Ultraman Rube, the movie, Ultraman Ginga S, the movie, Ultraman X, the movie, Ultraman Zero, The Revenge of Belial, and Ultraman Saga. Well, um, they are definitely, they are definitely 2010s tokusatsu for whatever that entails. Um, they're modern toku very much, but which isn't that's neither a good or bad thing. That's entirely taste, but um, Ultraman. So yeah, they've been. I've seen Zero Saga, Ginga S X, Orb Jeed, but not uh, Rube. That's the only one of those movies that I have not seen currently. Mm-hmm. Um, my thought. I'll, I'll start with uh, Ultraman Zero: Revenge of the, the Revenge of Belial. That it's the sequel to 2009's Mega Monster Battle, which is one of my favorite Tokusatsu movies. Probably my favorite Ultraman movie. Um, it Revenge of Belial is a movie that I honestly think I need to rewatch because. I hear a lot of good about it. Like most people say it's really good. Mm-hmm. I thought it was okay, in all honesty. But it kind of I found it boring around the middle of the movie. Right. I honestly nearly fell asleep. Oh. Which is not exactly good, but I mean, to be fair, I fell asleep during the Kaiju Quarantine stream of Mega Monster Galaxy Ultra Battle Fight Legends, the movie. Yeah, but that was, a 12, that was a 12-hour movie stream. Eh, true, true. Whereas this was literally, I watched Ultraman Zero Revenge of the in, in early in the morning, like around 10 or okay. a.m. on one day. I have to ask, is it Belial or is it Belial? Belial, I think is the correct pronunciation, but Belial is also fine. Ghidorah, Ghidra, am I right? Hmm. But yeah, it's, it's got some good action from what I remember. It, uh, there's Belial, at the end, Belial turns into... Oh, minor spoiler there, but... Uh, there's a cool Space Godzilla inspired, probably Space Godzilla inspired uh, monster form at the end that is really cool looking. 
I'm so confused right now. <laughs> uh, Belio may transform into something. Uh, Godzilla Earth-sized space Godzilla. Uh, spoiler warning! Warning! <laughs> warning for anybody listening. It might be a little late. I can't tell, but yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that it, it's it's got its good, but it's definitely got its bad. Right. Uh, Ultraman Saga was Ultraman Saga was pretty solid. It. It's not amazing, but it's just... I'd say it's well-executed. Mm-hmm. It was enjoyable. Yeah. Had, a, had some good reinvention of um, an old monster. I'm... Interestingly enough, uh, Ultraman Saga actually has two cuts. There's a theatrical cut, which is the one I've seen, and a director's cut, which uh, basically gives basically add some ultras who have a cameo in the movie and put them into a fight scene with some uh, monsters at the end of the movie. Mm. Hmm. So kind of like uh, how Ginga has a a second film, right? Doesn't Ginga uh, have... Ginga has two... Ging... So there's the original Ginga series and then there's Ginga S. Ginga S has right. some been released while Ginga has two theater specials that don't that have to my knowledge not been subtitled hmm. interesting uh, I don't think I don't know if either of them are technically canon to Ginga I'm pretty sure the second one is like a side story or something alrighty I wasn't sure I know that there was a big debacle about Mill Creek not adding those to the release, mm. Mm. but I wasn't sure. I was, I'm a little disappointed that they didn't have them. It's not a deal breaker, but it is a little disappointing. I mean, there's a lot of things about the initial release from Mill Creek for that set that was disappointing. Mm. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, Ultraman Ginga S, the movie. That... I'll talk a little bit quickly. I'll just give a summary of my thoughts on the Ginga series as a whole. It's probably uh, one of my least favorite Ultra series that I've seen. I've heard I've heard a lot of people actually don't care for it. It I it seems like people either really dislike it, or like they might hate it, or people really like it. Is what I've seen. It's usually the one of the two extremes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I'm on the hated side. Yeah. yeah. Game S, on the other hand, was it was okay. It's very safe, but it is an improvement over Ginga. And Ginga S, the movie, uh, mm, uh, it's got some good out of context moments, like when one of the characters is running away from a giant tomato. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the Ultraman series is quite interesting. Anyway, there's some there's some Godzilla movies, right? Uh, first off, I just want to <laughs> uh, the movie, the other 
three movies real quickly. Ultraman X movie, uh, I love it. I love Ultraman X series, and the movie was just, it was just a good, fun movie special sort of thing that takes place after the series. It was just a lot sure. of fun. Sure. Ultraman Orb, the movie, was disappointing. Ultraman Cheat, the movie, was fine. But kind of, but it doesn't really feel it. It felt more obvious that it didn't need to exist. None of them really do, but I think Jeep's the one that sort of you could tell they're only doing it because they always, they've, with all the new gen ultra shows they do in movie. Right. But yeah. Interesting. So there's a lot going on with Super Rai and that Ultraman franchise. Hmm. So, to kind of wrap things up here, this is Godzilla Month. Yeah. And we, we really glossed over 2014 in King of the Monsters. We did. We are. And did. I, I feel like we should address them more here, even though they're not Japanese films. They are Japanese characters. Yeah. So, we had the return of Godzilla, pun intended, this decade. <laughs> In 2014, we were given Legendary's Godzilla. Then, okay. like, two years later, we were given Toho's Shin Godzilla. Then, yeah. a year later, we started an anime trilogy that lasted to 2018. And then in 2019, we were given Godzilla King of the Monsters. And it's quite interesting. Uh, without getting too ranty here, I find it, because uh, recent, like, a few days ago was the anniversary of us getting the reveal that Godzilla vs. Kong is in production. <laughs> yeah. And it, in 2018, mind you, so it's been two years now. Yeah. So, something I find interesting... When I went back, so many Godzilla fans were so positive. But since 2018, things changed. So what would that have been? City on the Edge of Battle, Planet Eater, King of the Monsters, in that order. Hmm. So I find it kind of interesting. And I'd say you could also, you could also probably include Shin Godzilla 2A agree with that? Yeah, I think all of them are included in a degree of the yeah. kind of decline. Yeah. That's fair. But it really picked up, like, really picked up after and City on the Edge of Battle came out. Yeah. Now, if I'm going to be honest, there was more losses than wins this decade for Godzilla, for me. Hmm. For myself, I, well, okay, so 2014 was, by complete coincidence, the year I got into Godzilla, like, complete coincidence that the mo that 2014, the film was coming out, I just happened to start watching, to see Final Wars and some of the other Toho Godzilla films in early 2014, around January, February-ish. <laughs> uh, but then when I found out about Legendary's film, I got 
really, really excited for it and followed as much of the marketing as I could as like a new, very young fan watching <laughs> Goji Fan 1993 uh, videos. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if, people, if anyone listening to this <laughs> remembers who that is. Goji Fan 93? Yeah. I never watched Chris. I. So, for me, I, I was. 2014 was like way after I got into it. It was just like, oh, it's coming out. I'm so excited. Hmm. Seeing 2014 in the theaters was one of one of the best theater experiences I've had. I after time, like now, I don't think 2014 is one of the greatest Godzilla movies, but I'm not going to deny that seeing it in the theaters that was so 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 good. How many times did you see it in theaters? Uh, Just once or yeah, I am like twenty fourteen and King of the Monsters once in theaters. Though I've seen yeah. that multiple many times uh, on DVD and Blu-ray. Hmm. I saw twenty fourteen. I believe it was twice, and then twenty or King of the Monsters. I lost count after like seven. <laughs> And you got to see it on basically almost every format it was released. I did. IMAX. The only one was not 3D. I did not see it in 3D. But I saw it in Screen X, 4D, IMAX. Yeah. Hmm. A lot of them. Uh, for me, King of the Monsters was the film where it's like, it's coming out and I'm hyped for it. Mm-hmm. After Shin and the anime trilogy, I, I do feel like I have kind of just like, I'll I'll take it. It's whatever. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, I'll not like it. Because um, hmm. Shin Godzilla, you know that, that video where it's the guy with the, the chicken and he says, my disappointment is immeasurable and my uh, day is ruined? Yeah. That was me after seeing Shin Godzilla in theaters. And... That was me after every viewing of the anime trilogy. So, with King of the Monsters, it was like, you gotta do better than basically making me want to never watch a Godzilla movie again. So, <laughs> it kind of did that. <laughs> Big, it's fun, it's loud. Hmm. For me, I... My biggest disappointment was when I actually missed out on seeing Shin and Theaters. Uh, and then had to wait until like, like mid, mid to late 2017 just to get a hold of uh, my DVD. Right. Uh, I but will say that this. Was painful. <laughs> I think the main reason why I disliked Shin was the theatrical cut, which is different. Mm -hmm. That is confirmed. There are. I've, I know that there are differences. Everyone knows about the those uh the two shots that are changed right uh, like are always said to be changed mm -hmm. and the theatrical cut was not properly finished hmm. at least in my eye it felt very much like it was the rough version of the final version mm -hmm. so it's your rough final copy hmm. that's at least how it felt to me and I didn't care for it. I compared it to Asylum films when it came to its special effects. Ooh, 
that's Whew. speechless. <laughs> Very much disagree with that statement. Um, so 2014, I liked it was okay. I didn't care for Shin. I think it's mm. okay now. I think Planet of the Monsters and Planet Eater were okay. I mm. absolutely despise the Omniya Battle. Mm. And I honestly think King of the Monsters would be the only win for Godzilla this decade for me. Mm. I would say that the wins, in my opinion, would be 2014, Shin, Planet Eater, and King of the Monsters. You're a lot more uh, forgiving than I am. <laughs> I mean, Shin Godzilla is honestly one of my favorite Godzilla films. Okay. To each their own. And is one of my all-time favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, there's about 150 films above Shin Godzilla. <laughs> but, uh... Anime trilogy. Hmm. I don't know what that is. <laughs> As we stated in an earlier recording, I'm sure Toho and Polygon too as well, I'm sure Toho learned a lot of different lessons from that um, adventure. Maybe, maybe not. Hmm. I have to wait and see for single point, but... And that's actually a great segue to, I think, our next topic. Hmm. And this will kind of be wrapping it up here since we are about an hour and a half in. <sighs> the future. Hmm. So we focused on the 2010s. As we mentioned, this has been going on for 71 years. And Kaiju's been going on in Japan for 66. Since... The end of 2019, we've had Ultraman Taiga, the movie. We've had Monster Seafood Wars. We've had Konga TNT. We've had, we've got uh, Nezera 1964. We've got that uh, Kaiju score. We've got the, the Detective Kaiju movie. We've got um, SSS. What's the new SSS thing coming out? Dino Zenon. Yes. We've got... We've got Ultraman Z right now. And Z's going to get a movie. We've got Shin Ultraman. We've got Godzilla vs. Kong. We've got Singular Point. We've got so much coming. (laughs) And it's awesome to see that. Yeah. You know, so many people have said, oh... The Godzilla, and this is going to kind of segue into the next part, so we're just going to blend them right now. So many people have said, oh, this is the kaiju renaissance. But this has been the norm for a while. You know, Ultraman shows having a movie, um, these indie kaiju films, uh, Brush of the Gods, uh, there, there's so much coming out, hmm. and the difference is we now have companies like Shout, Mill Creek, SRS, SRS Criterion, and Arrow willing hmm. to put this stuff out. We're not going through a renaissance with the production. 
Hmm. But we're seeing a renaissance in distribution. Films and even before the 2010s, like, uh, well, previously mentioned Flying Monster, the Rago, the Rago and Riga movies, uh, those are... Idol? Yeah, the Idol. Those are films that have been out for many years, over a decade for all of them, some of them multiple, but... Um, and haven't seen American releases at all, really, outside of maybe like a G-Fest showing for some of them, possibly. Right. But we're now getting Blu-ray releases, or have in the case of Rago, Raga, and The Idol. Idol. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome. It's instead of us getting just old stuff we're seeing a brand new wave of new and old really Creek more or less everything but right barring some unfortunate exceptions right um you know south korea uh, yeah. the flying monsters getting a blu-ray there's, the host is on Blu-ray. There's a good chance it'll even be getting another release, potentially. I can't comment on that. Hmm. Um, we've got Ape. We've got Yungari, hmm. a horror from the, or monster from the deep, hmm. on Blu-ray from Kino Lorbor, or however you pronounce it. Hmm. You know, it's truly a surprise to see these films getting releases. Um, as a person that's been getting into Korean culture lately, mm. it's so awesome to hear that these films are getting released like this. So, is this a renaissance of kaiju films being made slightly, but not really? Mm. Is this a renaissance in films being brought over? Yes. I mean, just the amazing work of SRS, Mill Creek, and Arrow, and even, even Criterion. Even Criterion. It's just, yeah. It truly is a wonder to be able to own all these films. Like, I, I, before, uh, before this year, I not, I'd seen most Godzilla films and a couple Gamera films, but now I've fully completed Godzilla thanks to Criterion, and I've only got one Gamera film left to watch thanks to Arrow, uh, and I very much intend on getting all the Ultraman releases, some I already have, and Soon enough, whenever I can, I'll get SRS's releases. Yeah, and really I think what I want to walk away from this podcast and remember and know and have out there is we're living in a great time. I remember the 10-year gap. Hmm. It was pretty hard to get some stuff. Hmm. Now it's at our fingertips. Tubi, hmm. Chef Factory, 
TV, Bokushatsu, Movie Spree, Criterion Channel, Amazon Prime, Arrow Video, Amazon Prime, Ordering DVDs, Blu-rays, eBay, Amazon. It's we have never been this open to availability hmm. in history. Hmm. VHSs, you know, we we've gotten some stuff on there that we haven't gotten out of that. I'm still waiting on a Polgasari release, which could happen someday. You know that I I would be willing to put my money out that Polgasari might get a release. Hmm. Hopefully, I because films like Cannibal Holocaust have a Blu-ray release. Hmm. You know, Vinegar Syndrome or Arrow or maybe even SRS. Hmm. You never know. It's just it's nice to see these films getting what they deserve. Hmm. This is people's hard work. Yeah, and Tokusatsu itself starting to become recognized as a genre by more people than ever really in the West. Mm -hmm. And even foreign films as a whole, thanks to movies like Parasite. Mm -hmm. Right, which I might do an episode on Parasite, because that's Bong Joon-ho. So there's a lot. There's a lot. And for anybody that is upset that, you know, Nazara got delayed, Shin Ultraman got delayed, uh, Monster Seafood Wars went straight to DVD instead of uh, theatrical, Great Buddha Rival has been slightly delayed in some of its showings, um, GVK, Godzilla vs. Kong, it got delayed. Just, there is so much out there at your fingertips. Order a DVD copy of Howl from Beyond the Fog or The Idol or Rigo or Raiga or Kaiju Mano or any of the Ultraman movies or go on YouTube, watch Day of the Kaiju, go on uh, Daily Vision, yeah, and watch Giant God Warrior. Death Cap was available on Blu-ray again thanks to Media Blasters. Hmm. Troll Hunter, Colossal, Power Rangers, Cloverfield Paradox, Nonzilla, all of these films are available. And I think you've, one time, uh, some months back, you put it very well that this is the best opportunity we have to sort of take a break from, like, the big releases, like, the big upcoming releases like Godzilla and brand new Shin Ultraman, all that, and just look through the stuff that maybe we haven't seen. It is. Because right now all we have is a weekly episode of Ultraman Z. That's the only mm. American thing that's main, like the main films mm. and franchises. That's the only thing we have. And that's 20 minutes a week. Think about if you spent that five hours you do watching Godzilla Gamera Ultraman on Kikaida, on Kamen Rider, on Howl from Beyond the Fog, on Death Kappa, or Shochaku films like Goki, Body Snatcher from Hell, Genocide, 
or even stuff like Super Inframan, the mm. host. You know, hey, God, I love the host. <laughs> All of these films are great and are right up your alley. They're mm. not Godzilla, they're not Ultraman, they're not Gamera, but they're the kaiju. And that, if we continue to support these, August Ragone made it pretty clear to me, if we help support these releases, we're going to get more. Hmm. Discotech, if, if we buy Message from Space and Mega Beast Investigator Disposition and Starfleet or X-Bomber, it's either title. You know, that could make them want to go like to license more Metal Heroes from Toei or something, and that would be awesome. Hell, if we're lucky, we might get some of the obscure stuff from from Toho, potentially, on, like, their tokusatsu, like, obviously, uh, every Godzilla fan wants uh, Zone Fighter, but there's also the, uh, the X series, and uh, the other two shows in that trilogy. Right. There, there's so much that's yet to be tapped, mm. but we have, we have a future to hope for now. Because of the opportunities we've been given. And that that pretty well wraps up what I have to say. <laughs> Rex, do you have any final messages, statements, or thoughts, or anything? No, that's really summed up more or less everything I've had to say, really. Awesome. So, before I get on my spiel about the podcast. Rex, can anybody find you anywhere? Uh, I have I have a YouTube and a Twitter. Not necessarily that they're good or that I post often, but I have them. Uh, I'm in the if anyone's in the Kaiju Conversation Discord server, I'm there. <laughs> And I also have an Instagram account. My YouTube is Rexino. Twitter is at Rex underscore Xenomorph. And Instagram is Rex underscore Xeno. Alrighty. So check him out. Uh, just to link my stuff here now. Uh, I'm Elijah, as I said. And I'm in a lot of stuff. Obviously, check out Kaiju Weekly. In Kaiju Groupie Podcast, I'm, I've been on both of those awesome podcasts, and I highly recommend them. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, ET13 Productions. I have a Twitter, at ET13 Productions. An Instagram, I post information, rants, um, figure photography, just kind of discussion videos, all that good stuff. Um, I also have a personal Twitter, at ethomas1975, if you want to follow it. I mean, if you want to hear me talk about my life, sure. I mean, I, I don't want to hear myself talk about my life, but whatever. I mean, you do you, man. Sure. Um, so, yeah, those are some uh, great places to go if you want to check out some of my stuff. So, referring to the podcast... Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. 
that boosts our ratings and helps us get recommended to more people just like you. And just like you, we can talk and show people more tokusatsu to build this fandom up and to widen our perspectives of kaiju to more kaiju and maybe eventually tokusatsu in general. If you don't have an Apple device, which I don't blame you, I don't, I think Apple's awful, you can always tweet us at and follow us at K-A-I-J-U underscore C-O-N-D-E-R-S. Is it tweet us or at us? Or yeah. message us? Both, <laughs> I guess. So, I, I feel like saying tweet us sounds like I'm an old person. <laughs> we'll see. If you don't have either of those, like I was prior to not getting on those platforms, you can like us on Facebook or Instagram and contact us that way. If you're like me before I was podcasting and you don't have any social media and you're just listening to us, you can always email us at kaijuconversation at gmail.com. All lowercase, all one word. You know the drill. And if you got a review, we'll read it on air for everyone to hear us out. We also have merchandise on a Teespring account. And eventually, we're going to have some cool exclusive artwork by an artist up on there. So stay tuned for that. I keep saying that, but eventually we'll get there. It's been very busy. Mm. If you'd like to chat with me or Rex or anybody like-minded, you can always join our Discord server and hear others' opinions on different subjects. You know, that, that's found in the link tree below, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, currently, this is also where we do our podcast recording. Currently, there's a few conversations going on. So, conversations can happen pretty easily. Hmm. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell so you can be notified anytime we upload a, a rant or a YouTube exclusive or just having a fun, you know, whatever it may be. Hmm. A huge thank you to Rex. We've been recording now for almost an hour and 45 minutes, <laughs> and he's going to be editing this down probably to around an hour and 35, maybe. <laughs> but thank you, Rex, for editing all of our episodes. Hmm. It's a pleasure. And that's, that's pretty much it. So please, remember, life is too short not talk big. Bye, everybody.